was looking forward to it. So yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start. Welcome to Wellness and Wonder for another amazing episode with this beautiful woman called Mbali. So uh, today, what is about? Today, we are gonna talk about important values to adapt to our well-being, uh, to become aware of what we can be and what we want to be. Surprisingly, uh, the way we define ourselves often has little to do with what we do or uh, what we own. But when we talk about ourselves, we often end up describing uh, what we do or what we have. Partly we do this because it's easy to define ourselves. These ways in case conversations like when we meet someone new on a date or wanting uh, waiting and wanting to have like casual conversations that are quite superficial this is not a proper investment and it is a temporary interaction that is defined as small so in that case when i met in bali the situation was totally different our conversation got deep and i couldn't wait to talk to her uh, online for all of you welcome to wellness and wonder in bali Thank you for having me, beautiful. Like, well, I don't know if we can say thank you, Francesca, but like, yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome, dear Bali. So, uh, of course, I prepare many questions, as always, as I love to go deep with people I admire. Uh, but first of all, um, tell us a bit uh, about you. Uh, how, how do you define yourself? Yeah, I mean, just even listening to your intro now and... I totally agree in the fact of like when you meet people and, and the first thing is like, what do you do? And they go straight into like the profession and rather than saying, who are you? Like, you know, who are you as a human being rather than what you do? And I think for me, it's always funny because when people ask me, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's one of those where I do so many different things that even for myself, that definition changes and evolves. I mean, what do I do that pays my bills and what does the nine to five? Um, I'm a workplace consultant, but I also am a change manager. I'm an activist for like change in, in terms of transformation and trying to just help people be their best selves. I'm also like a mentor, like a youth mentor. So I do a lot of different things. And for myself, like, what do I do? I think ultimately, if I could put it as a tagline, I would just try to help people be them best, their best selves and also show them that there are other ways of doing things. And yeah, just trying to show them that change can be difficult, but we can all go through it and ultimately like, you know, progress and evolve on the other side through it. But yes, yeah. And the most, <laughs> the most needed people in this world, I believe are leaders that are also healers. And uh, mm -hmm. it's not all about uh, leadership. It's about uh, depth in leadership, which is totally mm -hmm. different. Uh, so uh, I would say my first questions regarding what you just said, Mbali. Um, so um, I believe that we must explore our core uh, values and traits to become effective leaders. So you are a mentor in leadership skills and the qualities at work, because I know you, and that can help advance career and lead to having a greater overall satisfaction. Mm. So, but regarding what I just said in the introduction, uh, what is it that uh, you truly see in the person in front of you before guiding the person uh, you are basically talking to? Do you really see them through or do you ask uh, what they do in life um, to push them toward their goals and forward? Um, I think it's it's diff it's... it's multifaceted in the sense, like if I think about it from how I approach it, for work in terms of what we do, because it's more in a corporate world and it's more about trying to, you know, achieve the, the business objectives. I asked the questions around that in terms of more like maybe performance or, effect, or being more effective or whatever it is that as a goal, they are trying to really achieve for their business or their team. But right now, if I'm just actually focusing on like a one-to-one -one coaching, we're actually trying to, if I'm having that one-to-one -one session, it's about the individual in terms of like, why are we actually having this conversation first and foremost? Because that's the most important thing for me. And then from there, it's like, what's do they want to achieve? What is that desired goal? But ultimately, it's not about having like, you know, the 20 questions or an interview. It's about having a conversation and through that conversation, understanding, because one person might be saying, hey, I want to, you know, lose 10 pounds. I don't know, let's say I want to lose 10 pounds in X amount of time. But through the conversation, you actually realize 
that's maybe your end goal, but that's maybe not the thing we need to focus on right now because there's actually so many other underlying things that might be the blockers ultimately of you not being able to achieve that goal. So it's more about having the conversation and understanding the person and who am I actually speaking to, who's connecting with me and getting to have a better grasp around that. Amazing. And also I talk about me, it's, uh, um, it's not that, uh, for example, I don't use what I do or what I have to define mm -hmm. part of my life in specific mm -hmm. situations, but it's that no longer I use my old uh, concepts of limitation to rule my life. This is an interesting mm -hmm. point I always think about when I, uh, when I put myself on the other person. So the other questions, dear Mbali, becoming a leader that requires that you demonstrate specific abilities uh, in your approach to work in guiding others. Which mm -hmm. are your main abilities as you define yourself? My main abilities, I think for me, and whether it's for myself and actually what I'm also trying to, to do and instill as a whole is trying to create a world where we have emotionally intelligent leaders. And um, that's one of those things that for me, I think is, especially in the times that we've had for the last two years now, I can actually say that <laughs> we've passed the, the two year mark. I think now more than ever, um, with everything that people have been going through, this is a time to actually create a human being that's more like has more self-awareness that's really oozing out, you know, compassion and empathy because it's one of those situations where nowadays everyone has been struck. Like I, I've been saying it for the longest of time that we've all gone through trauma, whether we want to accept it or not. The whole world has been traumatized on the spectrum of it. And yes, unfortunately, when we, when we talk about trauma, I mean, people that's a very convoluted conversation and a very multifaceted one in itself. But just to stay, you know, at a very light touch of it, I yeah. say we've all gone through our own level of it and experiences. Some people may accept it, some others may be still completely in denial. But I think for me, it's about being able to show compassion and empathy, because I think that's the only thing right now that allows us to, first of all, put ourselves in the shoes of others, even though we may have not experienced their experience, just being able to say, like, you know what, I hear you and not trying to belittle their own personal experiences. Because um, I feel like in life right now, at least in terms of my own personal experience, it's always been a competition of who has suffered more than the other or who has, it's always a comparison of some sorts. Yeah. So coming back to your original question about like, what do I try and instill with the leaders? I think it's that compassion piece, but in order to have compassion for others, and this is what I'm also continuously learning is that you first need to have compassion for yourself. I think that's the, the hardest part there of actually giving it to yourself. Beautiful what you said about the emotional awareness in Bali. In fact, uh, in order to have also difficult conversations and use feedbacks effectively while growing our own skills and inner powers, emotional awareness is fundamental. Thank you so much for mentioning it, Bambali. And why do people lack of this emotional awareness? Does it come from their past, their, their lack of depth? What do you think? Why do people have these problems of not recognizing this importance of the emotional awareness while growing toward leadership? Um, I mean, I think the way that I see it is twofold. So you first have like the education system that we have nowadays that still unfortunately doesn't really focus, it focuses on the IQ in terms of your intelligence quotient, but doesn't focus on your EQ with regards to your emotional quotient. And I think that's one of the things that I know for myself personally, I didn't, I only, I only found out about all of this much later, you know, in my early twenties, I didn't have anything related to this at school or even any type of awareness about it yeah. um, I do know that nowadays schools are instilling a new like they're trying to instill sort of new well-being and health like courses but is it actually targeting what we really need to address I don't know so I think the education system as a whole needs to sort of come get up to speed with what we're currently facing and the multifacetedness of what it means to be a human being as well. So not just focusing on intelligence, but actually the emotional aspect of it, which is the soft skills, as they say, you know, once you go start uh, working and being in your professional world. Um, yeah. But then another thing as well is that if you don't get it from your educational system from like school, there's another part called another educational system, which is at home. And the thing is that I know for myself, I mean, love my parents a bit, but 
they they were not taught it so they didn't have the tools to be able to instill that with my within myself and vice versa so there's been that vicious cycle and I know for myself right now I'm on that journey of wanting to break that vicious cycle and making sure that with my future children or any type of like you know younger generation that I do um, getting have the ability to be in interaction and contact with to just be mindful and thoughtful of that but I think it's really just the reason why it's more about just generations. I mean, if you think about your parents or your grandparents, they were coming out from a completely different system in a different world where thinking about emotions, that was not the priority. It was more about being in survival mode, just, you know, putting food on the table. So, and I totally get it. And I think it's one of those things where now is I think the best time ever to actually try and put this at the forefront of our conversations, especially when you have the highest rate of like depression between nine to 14 year olds, you know, like it's what I didn't know what depression was at, at nine, but yet unfortunately we are in a society where the nine-year-olds of today or the 10-year-olds of today are facing that. And for me, it's just mind-blowing that unfortunately we've gotten to such a point. And then unfortunately on top of that, of them not even having the tools for themselves to be able to try and cope and process um and rather they're just like going in a space of repressing which is not good but um but yeah i don't know if i answered your question the way you hear. <laughs> beautiful answer education it's it includes everything it's so mm-hmm. true what you said about Bali. and uh, it, it it changed it changed so much uh, along generations like you said because of the system that was changing uh, following yes thank you Bali mm-hmm. and uh, I, I feel you are a coach okay so I define you in this moment as a coach even though there is so much more and the coach is someone that offers their skills and knowledge like you're doing and experience like mm-hmm. you're doing to help individuals to improve uh, their own abilities in your case mm-hmm. which are the experiences that brought you where you are that brought you to this mission of guiding others uh, if you can share it here with us Hmm. I actually do not know what the the first like like the first experience I I would actually be completely so let me try and make a long story as ever short as I can possibly can do I think the the way that I ended up to where I am today has to yet again do with society (laughs) and the way that we were programming what society values so I know for myself I had done um a master's in um management consultancy and organizational change and the only reason back then the reason why I had done that master's was because I was busy working still as a workplace consultant and also starting as a um, a change management behavioral change management uh, consultant but I always felt like when I would go in the room I'd be saying certain things but people not necessarily listening to what I had to say or not taking me seriously. So I thought, okay, if I at least I have a master's with me, then they can be like, oh no, she studied this. That's like, she maybe listen to what she has to say. And so I went through that process. It was a hell of an experience. I mean, I would never recommend working full-time and also studying full-time, but I did that. Um, I got over the, <laughs> I actually managed to do it. Um, even I was surprised I got a merit out of it anyway, but it was a very like stressful period of my life on all fronts, professionally, personally, emotionally. But one of the main key experiences that I cannot like, and I'm so grateful for, even though it was like very challenging, is the fact that I went into that master's thinking I wanted to get one thing out of it, i.e. Be having, you know, a master's degree and being like, hey, now like, you know, I have a piece of paper to prove that what I'm saying might actually, you know, mean something. And when I got out of the whole experience was something completely different, because actually through that experience, um, in one of my first classes, I remember um, it was related to uh, professional development and, and learning and our assignment for that um, for that specific class was to basically write like a, like a 3000 word essay around what does your future like or what is your, your like your professional or personal development plan of like what do you want to do in the next five years, yada, yada, yada. The type of things that normally you have, um, I guess, at like um, your, your annual reviews at work of like, oh, where do you see yourself in the company next year? What would you like to achieve? But this was more about my life as a whole. And so I had to ask myself certain like, you know, yeah, challenging life questions, which I'd sort of completely avoided or not really paid attention to in the past because I was still brought up or I was still like abiding to the system related to work where you start your job 
you work your way up, you know, to the, the, the corporate or the food ladder and then, you know, become director of whatever, what, what, and then, hey, you've made it. Ooh, we've done it. Like, that's where I was still operating there. And then Just after... The performance you were finding yourself in that was at the same time inspiring you. It was kind of a performance, all these moments seen as a performance because I find it very interesting, the word of performance, because you see this performance of things happening either in the system or around you and you get mm. inspired. Yeah, and I think it's just what, I mean, I am today where I am based on all my various different experiences and I, I wouldn't want it any other way, even though it was not the easiest of experiences. But <laughs> I think for me, what was really fascinating with that master's is that it made me understand that I wasn't actually like pigeonholed into just one thing. And because also there was a whole conversation about what is a career, you know, and I was like, wait, what is a cure? Because I, I thought, oh, career is just like, you know, you stay in that one space, you just work your way up and that's your career. Well, actually, no, it can be a whole host of different things. And from there, I think, because my background, I started as an interior designer. So that's my wow. background where I started, I started I studying because I love design and I love space. But that's where I started and like where I am right now. That's not your normal or your usual like um, roadmap to get to where I am. But it's just over that period in time I got introduced to one piece and another and then I thought I think ultimately it's always one of the things that I can say is that I actually just love interacting with people I'm fascinated by people and wanted to learn and understand their story yeah. um, and Curiosity I think that is the bridge toward unity I read this beautiful quote this morning mm. and it's, my mind. it's so true curiosity is the bridge for many 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 things Mm, no it definitely is and I think it's just that that aspect of rather because nowadays everyone is just you know me 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 always on my phone just focusing on their bubble and not necessarily deciding to like you know look up and actually see who is around me do I actually even have anyone around me and I think what I'm noticing is that with especially the younger generations they're so used to typing things just having a one-to-one connection and interaction is actually much more challenging for them um, than we think and for me, I love it. I'm the type of person, you know, go out like one of my best friends. She says, no, you're the person who always makes a best friend wherever you go. Like you're like, because <laughs> like, anywhere I travel with her, she's like, yeah, no, where's your best friend of the evening or whatever. I was like, what are you all about? She's like, yeah, you just like, you're the person where I know you, there's, I can, we can drop you anywhere in the world. You'll make a friend. Like I'm with no doubt. You're <laughs> a magnetic like, okay. That's what it means. <laughs> you're a magnetic person. It's beautiful. <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. But I think for yeah. me, it's one of those where when I think about it and upon reflection and hindsight, for the longest of time when I was younger, I was trying to fit in so badly and trying to like, you know, basically transform myself as a I call myself the chameleon as well, meaning that I am very good at just adapting to wherever I find myself. But along that journey, I sort of also lost myself. I didn't even know who I was to a certain extent because I just knew what to do or shift to make other people feel comfortable in my presence. But then forgetting to, to understand, wait, who is this person here up until you know much later in life? But I think that definitely helped me be where I am now, where it's I, I'm fascinated and really just want to understand who is the person in front of me? Because we all have different journeys. We all had different upbringings, conditionings, and just life stories to lead us to where we are now in the present. And I'm just fascinated how some people or so many people having such different backgrounds can then for a split moment in life, have that connection point or find themselves in the same space where they were connecting even to the background would have never normally yeah made them actually connect with one another and I always find that really like fascinating and yeah. beautiful and the adaptation is part of our intelligence we, have, we must be empathetic toward the situation so being adaptable and empathetic is part of our intelligence amazing Bali regarding this one-on-one -on -one connection I believe uh, so coaching means gaining also trust both professionally and personally for you. So mm -hmm. uh, for those you coach, do you benefit from the opportunity to guide these relationships? And do you typically build long-term relationships or not with them? Are you still in touch with the people you create a connection with? I, I think it really depends because, and I think this is also something for myself 
um, that I'm working on is like, where do you draw that line of now we're moving from the professional to the personal? Because ultimately, even the one-to-one yeah. coaching within that professional space, yeah, like it's about, because I think the main key thing around that is actually having very clear understanding of what are the boundaries in which we're working in, right? So yeah. I think it's one of those things that maybe with certain individuals, those boundaries get crossed, but it was, there was some mutual understanding but for most of the time, I think for myself, it's more about I'm in that space of helping you. And if we never speak again afterwards, that's fine. I, like it's not for me. It's as long as I manage to help that individual achieve what they wanted to achieve. Yes. Then my job is my my job. It's not even about the job, but I feel like my work is done Your in mission. that sense. My mission, yes, exactly. My mission is done. And if they are willing to, I'm always more and then than willing and open to continue. The, that conversation but I think it's just yeah people always just get stuck in like in different things and then we all have our own lives and sometimes you can like you know just lose touch but I think yeah it's just about understanding the clear boundaries within what you're going to be working with in at that beginning and then afterwards once whatever the work may be manage to understand okay are we going to still continue just no longer within that professional like you know environment or are we going to just let it be? And I think it's really just on a very individual, you know, person by person aspect and just understanding yeah. it. Because I don't think everyone wants to be friends with their coach, even though I am an awesome person. <laughs> well, I'd like to think so. Um, but um, for some, it's just literally, I just need someone to help me get to that goal. And that's it. Once I like, move on and that's okay. Yes. Interesting, because of course I believe everyone has different experiences with the co their coaches. I was curious about you a lot. The next question is, uh, um, what's uh, people's most powerful weapon, in your opinion, Mbali? Oh, that is a that good is a very one. Deep one. <laughs> that is a very good one. Um... <laughs> For, for some reason, like this is the only, like I'm trying to process like what can, what can I say? But the only word that I have just like blinging in the front of my mind right now is just trust. Like that's the only thing that I just have right now. Beautiful. Like, Beautiful. like, yeah, that's the only thing I have in my mind at the moment. But um, why trust? I mean, trust is because, you know, it's one of those things. And even for myself, I like I've been also going in my own personal journeys where trust not even me trusting but other people trusting me and their view of me is changing now just based on everything that's happening at the moment but trust takes time to build can be broken in seconds and I think it's just also one of those things in terms of a of a weapon and the word weapon is so strong as well for me but like it can be unfortunately used as a weapon because if if someone trusts that you with their life then you can like you know you have a hold of that you can have a hold of that person in such different ways so I think yeah that beautiful a very powerful like um quote-unquote tool but um yeah trust but it can destroy also everything it can break the person in two because as soon as we are not trusted we don't trust ourselves anymore many times mm. and I think it's it's that and I think what's really beautiful and around trust is the fact that it has the potential of going either way of creating something so beautiful out of it, but also destroying, as you just mentioned as well right now. And I think it's also a great like um, mirror to like just our lives as a whole and our the, everything, you know, the duality of things of like just looking at each sides of the coin. So yeah, trust. Yes. Beautiful answer, Mbali. Uh, I'm asking these questions because once a big, a, a very important leader in the past asked me these questions mm. and I said the failure. And so uh, it's interesting how actually are both mm. big weapon for the humankind because failure, for example, you fail, then you learn, then you win, and then the rest really it 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 is what really matters mm. in my opinion indeed uh, if you like it now Fail. failure is it's yeah. also I, and i totally understand where you're coming from with failure because yeah. society nowadays does use failure oops can i oh i don't know what how, something just <laughs> but um yeah no society does use failure as a weapon yeah. because if you failed it's like oh well you're not worthy of you know so they did yeah. I feel like failure has become weaponized unfortunately whereas actually just a means of learning to, <laughs> to get to stand up again yeah 
see and actually trust and failure can work together so mm. because uh, sometimes yes they're deeply connected for sure then, uh, yes somebody another question for you mm. um, let's talk about the ability of in uh, to influence relationships connections um, and intermes- interpersonal interactions uh, to help drive business uh, growth hand, for example. How, which, what, what, what would you say about this? Mm. How do you, uh, which, which is the main ability that is able to influ- influence relationships, connections and interpersonal interactions to drive businesses? To grow? Um. I mean, to drive businesses to grow, but even just, I guess, coming back to just to drive to creating and forming relationships is yet again, that aspect of creating, I think for me, it's about create the rapport and creating rapport comes back yet again to trust. (laughs) Um, And so I I think for me, it's really around that because when we think about about businesses, I mean, people think about, you know, the, the company branding, but ultimately business is made out of people. And so what are you doing? It's about connecting with those people that are linked to that brand or linked to whatever mission and purpose they're trying to serve within this world. And yet again, it's about that connection and creating, building that bridge and trust with that individual. And either like, you know, being, if you have the same vision and purpose, you're like, okay, we can actually work together. But even for someone that you may not at all, you know, like see or like understand their point of view or value is still just being able to create that rapport of like, I am gonna still listen to what you have to say. So I think it's about having that openness. Um, Fundamental. and just it's all about relationships like I feel like it's this is one of the things my little sister also says is that we came here on this earth to just to learn how to be in relationships on all spectrums because people think about relationships more just from you know a romantic aspect in terms of being in a couple but actually we're working with someone that's also a different type friendships is a different type of relationships like you know being in a team that's a different type of that's a relationship just expressed in a different matter so I think for us it's more about understanding our various relationships to one another um, pretty much. Thank you so much Mbali I totally agree with you too very important to remind this. Um, so regarding all this um, amazing coaching you're doing, what is a personalized development now plan that you can suggest here online that will help us to identify our strength and guide um, toward achieving our goals? Mm, I do not have like a like oh. a cookie cutter one size fit all or like even trying to think about an answer right now for me it's yeah. just it does because uh no I don't actually have one <laughs> and maybe yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work with like <laughs> whereas I'm sure a lot of other kids like think about this think about that and yes there's a lot of different types of frameworks that exist yes, yes. for sure but I think for me it's what I how I more use the way that I approach things is like more about having the frameworks in your back of mind to just support you but it's more about just having the conversation with the person of understanding what is it you want to achieve but even before getting to that it's about understanding what you want to achieve so having a clear understanding of what that goal may be and I think the clearer you are and actually when you start adding also like um quantifiable and measurable um, aspects around it does help you get there in a in an easier way but I think ultimately because a lot of people it's like think about it from a, a side of like I'm sure there's like the new year's resolutions where I heard the other day about how um, there was a statistics um, and I don't know who exactly did the research but basically that by the 19th of January like let's say more than half, like 50% of people have already stopped their New Year's resolution. And you're like, what, already three weeks in, you're giving up? Like, <laughs> and I think it's really related to how do they actually formulate those goals? How do they set yes. those goals? Um, but then there's also a whole myriad of other things around it. And I think for me and my approach around coaching is more people just think about coming, I want to have that goal and that's it. And me, it's like, okay, we can, we'll, we'll get to that goal. But just tell me about you as a person first. Let's just figure out the whole thing. Because I think a lot of times what happens is that people just focus on like, I just want to achieve this. I just want to achieve this. But they don't want to deal with 
actually what is the main problem and challenges keeping them from achieving that goal because ultimately it also means that you need to dig deep and like you know do personal personal development work and actually working on yourself or looking at things that you've been trying to like you know avoid or not really uh dig deep into and it comes back to like shadow work and that's how I look at it and doing shadow work is not the easiest it's not the prettiest it's not like you no it can be just you know when it's you're really, like, crying and like you stop yeah. coming out of your nose and like it's not it's not all glamorous and then you know, but it's what's required with that piece in my opinion and perspective of it is like it's what's needed to be able to like come out anew and once you show yourself as well like oh okay it wasn't actually that bad like it seemed worse than it was you know yeah. and once you've managed to go over that hurdle then the next time you go through something or next time you start looking at something that you've been trying to avoid looking at now you can look and just be more observant and just taking a third person like observer's view rather than fully identifying with it yeah. and I think that's one of the really interesting things with us as human beings is that we identify with so many different things rather than understanding like oh this is an action that I took and taking you know taking that step back taking that time to reflect so like oh yes I did that but it doesn't mean that that's who I am as a person yes I made a, maybe a bad mistake or I mean a wrong decision mistake whatever it may be but yeah. that doesn't mean that that defines me in terms of my whole existence but then yeah we unfortunately tie on to that and identify with it and then make that define who we are rather than just being able to take that step back. But I think it's coming back to the fact that we take everything, and I'm generalizing here, but a lot is about taking things personally. And I think, and that's where the ego, you know, the ego gets gets involved in that. And the ego is great because it, it's led us to get to where we are and it, it helps you to, it's great for self-preservation, but yeah. the need to get to that point in time where you can actually be like, okay, ego, right now you're not doing me any justice right now. You're actually keeping me you know, at a lower like um, space or energetic like area than I need to. And it's about working around that as well. I feel like I went in full circle. Don't know if I actually answered your question. <laughs> yes, you did. And I love the part of the shadows and again, emotional awareness because we all have shadows and repressed emotions are not good. Why I asked you these questions is because many people follow those these programs that are given on internet, mm -hmm. how to coach yourself and which can be useful sometimes, but it's so mm -hmm. much better to uh, go to your coach and just uh, get these... Uh, um, problems through properly because uh, being guided is so much better than sometimes uh, being guided by those online programs mm -hmm. which are not personalized and it is impossible as you said saying it now because uh, the one-to-one -one connection is so different one from another so thank you Mbali for this um, so what would you say how uh, do we learn about the value of having self-awareness and practicing self-mastery i think it's just so oh i don't have it with me right now it's downstairs so i have this book um it's called the the molecules of emotion but i think wow. for me it's just like um just being interested in understanding or wanting to learn more about why do we do the things that we do so I love neuroscience I'm like I'm a massive like geek in, in that and neuroscience and neurophysiology and just understanding the human brain and body and why do we operate the way that we do and for me that was actually one of the main sort of like epitomies for me to actually get into where I am right now and it was actually thanks to one of my previous jobs where I was part of like the consultancy team and so focusing on like workplace strategy but then going into behavioral change and that aspect of behavioral change like why do we behave the way that we do what is like you know what has led us to the conditioning or what is and learning about you know beliefs and other things like that so I yeah. think for me um, for anyone wanting to start off this journey it's more just being open and interested of like about themselves in terms of the various different emotions that they they experience but then let it let's also go back to that because unfortunately when I cut when it when it comes to emotions and, and a lot of people that I've spoken to in the past either you have sort of like two different like groups those who are like fully throw themselves you know 100% in and who will go and experience it 
you know, positive or negative emotions and have go through the whole experience of it. And others are like, emotions? Nah, not for me. I, I, I don't, I'm not a person who, who, who feels, I don't do emotions. Like, I mean, what do you mean you don't do emotions? And I've heard that <laughs> quite, quite a few times. I'm like, I don't do emotions. I'm like, okay. And then for those who don't do emotions, then as well, when it comes to, um, their emotional like you know vocabulary is quite restricted it's maybe restricted to five or six you know different words yeah. meanwhile in terms of different emotions we roughly can experience I would say and this is like one of those numbers I'm sure the since then the research has augmented but last that I had read was like a, roughly around 32,000 different types of emotions because yes, you do have your core emotions and think about it, you know, about like your color wheels or your color palettes where you have your primary, secondary and tertiary yeah. colors. Think about emotions being the same way where within your primary, you have maybe your primary four or five, but then you build on and then that's where the complexity starts to, to come in when yeah. things become muddled and people tend to classify their emotions or say oh I'm happy I'm sad I'm mad or what and it's not so clear you know black and white it's just yes sea, so in this case self-awareness can be following our flows accepting our flows for what mm -hmm. they are being mm -hmm. aware not fighting them that yes. is a way of self-awareness for point. sure and I think for me this around that aspect to be able to really support it with just actually expanding your emotional vocabulary because I think that's one yes. of those things where a lot of people yeah. are just stuck in that thinking that there's that five or six or seven emotions that exist when there's a whole plethora yeah. and but also understanding like what are the combinations because it, it's not a, it's not black and white it's not yeah. and I think it's just about being able to understand the complexity the like also just the quick you know change of how emotions can because ultimately the way that I always um, share it and think about it is saying like think about your emotions like if you were a captain you know on your boat and your ship or your ship whichever vessel you want to choose think about your emotions as being the compass yeah so your compass is just going to direct you and give you a direction to in regards to whatever destination that you're trying to achieve or get to but in itself the like the compass sort of meaningless without the destination and like um related to whatever you're trying to achieve so think about also like your emotions of just directing your show or guiding you in which direction you're going but but ultimately if you if there's nothing linked to it so in this case if there's no events and meaning that you give to it it's just it's just an emotion yes but unfortunately what happened is that especially because for ourselves when we link our emotions a lot to an event and to memory so it starts to create a different meaning so the meanings around emotions that's where there's like a lot of that's the with emotion but then with our mind we can process it and make it more of our awareness not just yeah yeah but we are actually the ones afterwards who give the meaning to it because if we were to just think about an emotion like that compass irrespective of meaning it's just there it just flows through you and it's just there to show you a direction yeah. but a direction without a destination what is that like you know so it's just one of those it's just a direction whether it's left or right it's just yeah it's just a left or right and so if people can manage to look at their emotions more from that approach and coming back to what i was saying previously like how we identify with our emotions that, and the meaning that we give on top of that that's where it really leads to the uncomfortableness but i think it's also just because we haven't been educated to understanding and being able to take that step back of actually using our emotions more as a guiding system yeah. and using it as that compass of like am i following my true north mm, no i'm not feeling actually in alignment with this so oh, so maybe there's something i need to revisit here yeah. and just using those as like more as your guiding system more than anything absolutely totally regarding self-mastery self i would say is also uh, an amazing uh, tool to use is experimentation because uh, through experimentation there is innovation so to to mm. practice this self-mastery experimentations mm. can also be a nice tool to adapt a hundred percent yeah and, and and on that aspect of in terms of the yeah. experimentation i think the add-on bits and and still linked to what i was saying and previously but for those who maybe don't know the different types of emotions i think one great exercise and i've done it myself and it's really related to um to somatic uh, so this is like around emotions but how they feel within your body so let's just think um you know happiness is the easier one if you just like you know sit down just calm yourself think and just think about what 
any type of happy moment that you've had in your life, so you close your eyes and just see what part of your body either tingles or what what would you feel in your body and where do you actually feel it? And then do that with different types of emotions. Experimenting, like, yes. So coming back to that experimental, yes, that you were just saying right now. Mm. And so I remember when I was going through that process and actually understanding, because that also it allowed me to educate me on where uh, like how to connect the link between an emotional and a physical like reaction because ultimately what we like emotions are just like emotions but then we have that physical expression of where it actually comes to so you know when sometimes you have like knots in your tummies or butterflies in your tummies or (laughs) or or even for example like a, a great example is how like you know um being um like anxious or being like fearful or scared is also the same as when you're just having that the nerves or like that that tinglingness of like about before you do something that's really exciting you know and in the body it feels the same way in terms of the yeah. same uh reaction the chemical reaction within the body but what changes with how we approach that physical you know reaction and expression is based on the meaning that we give to it so and I think that's really, and coming back to what I was saying previously about the meaning is that everything is always related to meaning. And if you change, and, and the story, because ultimately what is a meaning is the story that you tell yourself. And what's that story? It's that story based on the belief that you had. Anyway, it goes down into oh, that whole, like <laughs> that whole cycle there. But I think it, it's just about like educating on yourself and just doing it in bite-sizing because- The most important, be... Bali, sorry to interrupt you because mm-hmm. the belief, uh, the most important is to follow our own belief that can change a long time because we evolve, but not to follow others' belief, making it our own because mm-hmm. that's when confusion comes because we are just uh, basically delaying our inner power, thinking someone else believes it's better than ours. Do you agree? I do. And I think, but even before we get to that, I think it's one of those of taking that step back and actually understanding what, what are my beliefs? Because a lot of times, like, especially don't experiment, we never know. Yeah. yeah. Don't experiment and don't know. But I think it's also one of those things where over time with our conditioning being brought up in different, you know, just being brought up as a whole, where we now embody certain beliefs that are actually not our own, but it's just because that we were always surrounded around it and we've created and made it our own but not necessarily getting to that point of actually now interrogating it and actually taking a moment to to pause and think and be like wait do I still abide by this this is is that still my truth or is it one of those where it was my truth before because that was the context and you know the the ecosystem that I found myself in and it made it easier for me to believe that but do I still believe it is it still my truth and actually going through through, through that and I think just writing down a few like different types of beliefs and just asking your question like is this this is this so valid for me I think that's a great starting point yes amazing <laughs> regarding all these emotions that we've been talking about there is a big mm. difference for example between a global experience and an individual experience because mm. when it's global things become very evident which can lead to informed insight and practical tools to break, for example, uh, an organization barrier. While if it is individualistic, it's so much more difficult to work on it because it's about us and there is not Mm. the power. So don't you find amazingly powerful these these global experiences that can can teach everyone uh, what's happening just because they're global and so they become very evident? I think that that one is a is a tricky one because I think the like for example even the, our situation in which we're finding ourselves currently in the pandemic in terms That's of a true. global talk, yeah. uh, a global belief we're there as well there's yeah. been so many you know um, opposing views on what was quote unquote a global belief at the very I mean what was said you know two years ago to where we are now how the science has evolved how people have also changed their view and perspectives around it like I think having a global belief can be definitely beneficial but before we even get to that point I think everyone needs to first do the work on themselves to start on that individual aspect and then from there then you'll be able to see oh if there are other people from an individual aspect that actually connect on that same belief then that's when you can start growing that community but I think doing the other way around of going from the global and coming back to this like individual that's sort of like what we had in terms of when we were like being brought up because when we were young, 
we didn't know what was right or wrong. We didn't, we were always like observing and looking at what was around us yeah. and based on whatever type of response we got would create a belief. So we were going like being brought up as younger kids in that way. But now we're in, in hopefully in the possibility of actually like, okay, I am now whatever age it may be, but I want to become, you know, um, become a master of my own being in that sense and and really just show sovereignty on who I am as a person so first it's about starting with the individual and the I but not in the selfish way of a lot of people think oh you're just thinking about yourself no it's about actually understanding who I am to the very core also being being acceptive of who I am to the very core because I think a lot of times what happens is that we don't accept ourselves because we're always comparing ourselves to whatever we have Whatever. to make our purpose count. It's so important. Important, like mm-hmm. Mary is doing with her mission. Yes. Thank you. But I mean, it's not even. A, I definitely make our like our time on this world count. But I think, because I think one of the things I've noticed is like when we come into this world, and I and I know for myself, it's like I'm seeing so many youngsters doing amazing things, and I'm just thinking like, what the hell have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> where I'm just like wait have I missed things but it's not even about that I think it's it's more about if I I think for me if every person came on this planet and the only thing they ever actually did besides doing the, the amazing other things that they do if the only thing that they actually ever focused on was just saying I'm going to focus and work on just knowing myself to my core and to the fullest irrespective of what I think other people think I should be or whatever no just knowing me to my core and my true authentic self we would be in a much different place at the moment um, than where we are yeah but unfortunately it's one of those things where we're sold like oh no you need to go to school you need to get a job you know and so so many external things that are taking away our attention from doing that personal work and I feel like a lot of want to choose for us it's true Hmm. And other, pe- and other people wanting to choose for us as well, because it's easier. And I think it's it's that aspect there where it's easier to have, have someone else choose for us because it means that I don't need to make a decision now. And if something goes wrong, I have someone to blame. So I don't need to yeah. take responsibility for whatever is happening to me. And I think that's the, the, the biggest challenge here is about taking ownership and responsibility for yourself. And, and that's, I think, why it can be a lot challenging for a lot of people is because when you do that it means when shit goes oh sorry when things go wrong you need to take that responsibility of like yeah it didn't work out but it's okay but i think it's just because the failure we're, we're talking about we exactly to learn yeah. and to change and to grow yeah and right. being okay with failure and and that's a that's not an easy thing no Bali, I love talking to you. It's been an, an hour almost. I wanted to tell you, give us the last message of your wisdom before we, of course, say to our guests where to find you if they need an amazing uh, coach for their mission and work or daily life. What's the, another message after this final discussion for the final discussion we're going to have now? Um, final message. I think it's literally of just being being inquisitive and being open to learning about yourself Amazing. As, as, as scary as it may be yeah get to know the awesome human being that you are not what you, uh, you want other, what you, you want to project yourself and what you think other people want from you but just get to know who the amazing person you are is <laughs> pretty yes. much yeah because we all know in our hearts of the hearts that we are more than what we do for a living or mm. uh, there are millions of shades of blue, for example, mm-hmm. of colors, and there are almost uh, no languages that uh, which can be borrowed words from other languages. So it's like there is so much around it that we cannot really define ourselves, our being for what we do in this present mm. at all. It's very important. Uh, so people don't have to feel stuck. They have to be open-minded to feel also their inner powers. Being open-minded is another amazing skill to have. Mm, mm. And, and I think with the being open-minded, the challenge there is where you will hear things that you're like, oh, 
I don't, that doesn't really like, you know, resonate with me, but it doesn't mean that now I'm going to reject what you're saying because it doesn't resonate with me. And I think being open power, like open minded is a superpower. There you go. Being open minded is a superpower in my view, just because it means that you're willing to hear other stories, other narratives and being open to it. Yes. And I think nowadays we're in and we're in such a society where and I think social media or the Internet as a whole is a great example of like if you don't abide or think or don't believe in what I think then you are wrong and you don't know anything. And it just it's a great way to divide people. So I feel like if you're open minded, that's the first step into bringing people together and wanting to hear each other's stories. And then from there, being able to break down, you know, all the different layers and walls that we've created to divide us and separate us so yeah yes Mali I find so powerful to have the opportunity in general to interact with like-minded women Mm -hmm. uh, even from from different backgrounds because it's like seeking to add value to the same main values we believe are right it's incredible very powerful in general thank you Mali thank you well where can we find you on the media where can people be in touch with you well, oh, that's one of those things where like, I know I need to be working also on my social media presence because for the longest, I'm, I'm still very You're old school. Well, yeah, you <laughs> doing many different projects, I know. I'm still very much old school and like not really having like a social media presence and other things like that, but I'm working on it. I'm actually currently working also on just um, sorting out like an app actually related to my, my coaching um, Beautiful. Uh, uh, situation as well. But um, because well, it's my, let's my. No, I was gonna say. So right now, like my website would be learn to move dot com. So, but move is um, M O O V, and and the reason why it's that is because it's basically so an acronym related to manage your own outlook victoriously. So that's for, and then also the whole aspect around move, we're using movements and shifting and changing and moving from one emotional state to another. Anyway, there's so many. So it's learn to move.com. That's basically my, my website at the moment. Um, interesting and, that you're going to have an app. Can't wait to watch it and to check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it too. And I, I think it's one of those things where, like I was saying previously, I might be very old school, but I know that in the world of today, I need to, yeah get up to speed with all of that. And one of the things is related to actually having an app because one of the things I was also working on was, you know, having online courses and stuff. But I think nowadays having the uh, ability to have something that's an app is also interactive and we, and also just with younger generations as well, because that's also one of my audiences and demographics that I'm um, basically working with or targeting as well. You need, I need to be up with the time. So I'm, I'm on that process as well. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> working with that. We, yes, let's spread this energy to all the people. It's so important to give awareness during a podcast, giving inspiration, giving strength, beautiful, motivating too. Thank you so much for being at Wellness and Wonder. Valley. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And like, this was really like, because I know I'm not, I also not, I'm like, yeah, as you know, I'm not actually at home at the moment. So just even being able to do this, not in my usual environment, I was just like, really like still excited about it. So yes, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Let's say hi to our guest. Bye. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening. Oh, can't wait to see you again, Bali. Mm-mm-mm.